Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag. But I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since Caveman. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Yeah, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about only the most high-level barbecue and grilling-related items that are breaking across the nation and the globe. The industry of live fire, that's right. And we do it live each and every Tuesday night. We'll do it live. 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It's happening live. It's also being recorded. Hour number one will be released into the podcast feed a little bit later this evening, although you'll probably see it tomorrow morning as podcast feeds update. Hour number two will be released at 1 a.m. on Thursday morning. You will see it when you arise for your day on Thursday. And then I'll tell you about Friday here in just one second. Barbecue Central Show originating from Palm City, USA, Cleveland. Still to come on the show this evening, Sam the Cooking Guy in about 12 minutes from now and then closing out the show and or coming out of the bullpen, Leonard Batello from Truth Barbecue. I can see he might have tried to sound check himself as I saw his picture in the switcher here as we were transitioning from hour number one to hour number two. We say good evening to those of you watching this show tonight through one of our video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show to watch. Also, you can take in the show via YouTube slash RD Rempe, where there is a very robust chat going on right now with the likes of Guy the Cooking Sam, Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. By the way, Joe, congratulations on opening the barbecue trailer. Follow him on social media. You can see the goings on there. There's probably a quarterly segment with Smoking Joe probably coming up here. I know we are due for one with Rusty and his trailer. He's now almost a year in, so it might be good to pick up with somebody new, talk about building into it. Uh, Joe left his corporate job at O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Nice, secure job. Probably had pension coming in. Probably was ready to retire in a few years. And Joe was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just go sell barbecue. Sure, smart move, Joe. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, We also say good evening to those folks that are using our audio streaming platform, Clubhouse. So if you would rather hear us and never see us, Clubhouse is the way to do that. You download it, you find me somewhere on there, and then all you have to do is just punch it up and listen. You don't have to see us at all. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 249, taking you back to January 21st of 2021 and in keeping with the barbecue central shows guest hall of fame theme from last week john solberg quickly puts together a new five-week run of the newest members of the guest hall of fame and this friday we start with the legend mike mills of 17th street and apple city barbecue fame this particular show is from when i did the in memoriam for Mike, and that sound was pulled from the live on-site shows I did at the NBBQA event back in 2018. And again, as I'd mentioned last week, that was one of my favorite interviews of all time. One of my favorite interviews I have ever done on this show, not only because Mike was so great, but because it was the first time I took the show on the road. I did three days, three hours per day worth of live show, and Mike was one of the folks gracious enough to give me the time to do such a great interview. 
on one of those days. I hope you enjoy it when you hear it. And be sure to go find the entire interview to really get a sense of Mike Mills and how he came up in this biz, how he always thought this was the second job, that barbecue was the second job. It was the flash in the pan. wasn't anything that he was going to be banking on. He was a dental tech. That was the main business, and this barbecue thing was the side hustle. And then decades and decades later, obviously, the tooth business became the side hustle, but he never closed that down. It's, I think, still in operation, as I had mentioned last week. So I want to thank John Solberg for quickly putting these shows in the can over the next five weeks. It's going to be great. So if you are not familiar with who these guest Hall of Fame members are this year, which I can't possibly believe that, especially if you're fans of this show, you will get to know a little bit of Mike Mills and what he's all about. Again, the sound that you will hear Friday is from when I did the Emporium show after he had passed away early in 2021 or 2020, I'm sorry. And uh, that particular sound coming from the NBBQA event that I did in 2018 that was down in Fort Worth. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or a segment on the show that you fear has been lost in the archives of the show, which is now long-reaching and extensive, email John and let him know what you would like to hear. J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show.com. That's J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show.com and let him know what you would like to hear. Or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, email me and let me know what you would like to hear in a best of, like in the subject line, put best of. And tell me I will relay it to John. That way you don't have to interact with him. That makes you feel uncomfortable. But John's a delight. But I'm here to offer another avenue so we can get you the best of shows that you might want to hear. Upcoming shows in October for the remainder include visits from Meathead, Robert Moss from robertfmoss.com. Of course, he's the author of the Q Sheet. Aaron Huntelman from Go Big or Go Barbecue right here in East Lake, Ohio. He'll be on. Talking about the big win over at the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest from a few weeks back. We'll see if he has risen to cataclysmic fame and fortune over that time. Obviously, to some degree, because he'll be making his debut appearance here on this show. But what else locally? Has Traeger hooked him up with a bunch of stuff like they did with Keith Harris a number of years ago? Was that a fly-by-night type of situation or a one-off situation? It's obviously not a fly-by-night situation at all. They're a very established, publicly traded company. Uh, Ryan Zabril will also make a reappearance on the show in October from Pits and Spits. Brian Halasinski, did you watch him on Shark Tank last week? I didn't. Curse me. It was on Friday. I was at Seton Hill watching the Seton Hill University Lady Griffins volleyball team get worked out of the gym on Friday and then again on Saturday, which is too bad. But I missed it. Don't ruin it for me. I'm going to go on the internet, take in. But I, again, had a feeling that while he was very tight-lipped and was under constraints and blah, 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 he said he wasn't allowed to say anything, but he was very excited about not to say anything. So once again, I believe that he got invested in or was bought into by one of these sharks, but I will find out for myself. And then we will talk to Brian all about it. We'll talk about the show. We'll talk about the Turbo Trusser. He's one of the creators of it. So looking forward to that and many others, really. So stay tuned for the rest of the shows in October. Hmm. Oh, dear. Well, this is going to be a thing. You know, I'm wondering right off the bat, I just I sent Jess an email uh, right at the beginning of her segment at 935. I believe, once again, we have run into time zone issues, right? Of course. Because now I have Sam the Cooking Guy coming up at uh, 1014. And I believe... We are now running into a time zone scenario uh, with Jess at 9.15. We could have a situation. Maybe we do a two-sided interview. Maybe not. How can this happen? I have to be very deliberate 
Am I not deliberate? Hold on a damn minute. I'm going to go back through. Suffer through me as I open these wounds. Let's see. All right. No. We're here. Uh, oh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm right on it. 10, 10 4, 9.35 Eastern. Are you amenable? Well, now we've got trouble in River City. Anybody name that movie? I know uh, Bandito said he knew what Glizzy's was. Does anybody know where that line is? No. All right. Fine. Forget it. Well, I'm not going to get to it here, but it's the biggest news item that's going on. And it almost, almost has something to do with cooking. I mean, depending on what you're into eating. Maybe next week. You had to have heard the story. I assume you had to have heard the story. It's crazy. You won't believe it when I tell you all about it. All right. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill. A choice line and a prime line. So if you want... Things like the following. Wi-Fi. You want to play around with an app to control your cooker. You want to turn it on and off from the app. You want to make temperature adjustments. You want to create custom cook cycles. You want to use internal meat probes. Prime line. Yes. Also, you get a nice peek-in window on the main cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper. You also have lights on the inside of the cooking chamber. So if you cook in the middle of the night... You can turn on these lights. You can see what's going on in the cooking chamber. You don't have to bring a flashlight out or use your phone light. Now, if you'd rather save a couple hundred bucks, Choice Line, that's the one for you. It'll have all those really neat bells and whistles that I just talked about, but it is a nice, sizable, sturdy cooker. I have two in my backyard right now, and they perform flawlessly, and they're like 10 years old at this point. They still eat pellets like nobody's business. You need to pick the one that's best for you. Green Mountain Grills only sold through dealers. So go to GreenMountainGrills.com and then show up, get educated, see all the different models, pick the one that's best for you, consult with the sales guy, and then know that the one that you get, you're going to love. You're going to have success with it right out of the box. No buyer's remorse or anything like this. It's great. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. You can pick the one that's best for you. What do I say each and every week? Whichever one you get, get the pizza oven insert because that's the one you want. Uh, Quint Nelson, wasn't Trouble in River City the music man? Yes. Look at you. Good for you, Quint. If I had anything to give you for a prize, I would give you a prize. But I'm not. Uh, anyway, GreenMountainGrills.com. And we'll be back with Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. So stick around and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker. The most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes. A host of accessories to choose from. Whether you are just a beginner or you're a seasoned professional, definitely cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Hmm. Well, this is something. I got to be honest. Is anybody even available today? There you are. Oh, God. I got trouble. I was just getting ready to... Can you not hear me? 
No, I can hear you. Oh, oh, you said you had trouble, and then I was like, I oh. do. I have trouble. I, my computer is not charged. And, you know, I've got two ports on the side, and one requires this mic, and the other one requires power, but I only have one working port. Shit. So talk fast, buddy. How much time do we have? I, I may or may not have Jess Pryles on the other line, and I can just switch off to her. As a matter of fact, let's see. Ready? I have no idea if she's even here or not. But oh, well, she's not there. It, it looked it looked like she was there, but I can tell. When what was that? She. Uh, we had a time zone mix up. I got you. Yeah, so. uh, no, so I'm good for right now. I right. mean, uh, then when you go to a break or something, I'll charge up or I'll say goodbye. Yeah, so we're, we got one I'm segment. Just, we got one segment. We got 18 minutes. You got 18 minutes? I have no idea how much time. All I right. Have. Well, let's see what we can push through. So look, for those I'm that just are- happy, sorry, I'm just happy to have you. I'm just happy to be here and uh, not with the game. Well, that's funny you mentioned that because for those who aren't frequent listeners, but they do tune in- to Sam's monthly segment, there has been a change in format. So we're going to move the What Is Sam Like Best game to once per quarter. So you will see it once again in December as we close out the year. Merry Christmas, whatever. Merry Christmas. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but while it's fun and different from the norm, it does chew up quite a bit of time to the point where we're actually not able to talk about anything else like food and live fire and all this other nonsense. Do you agree with the format change? Uh, 100%. Yes. Uh, and and the, the comments that I get from people that um, watch both of us, they've, they've said more often than not, they miss the ban they miss the, the food talk, the nonsense, the conversation. Yeah. The banter. The banter. The witty repartee. Absolutely. Hey, How I, are you, my friend? I nice, asked, nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. And Thank you. Thank you. are you your background is incredible. It's very breathtaking. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. I asked Mark I Williams this question yeah. in the first hour he has a growing youtube channel you know roughly mm -hmm. 50,000 subscribers so he's mm -hmm. getting there and i asked him how hard is it to come up with stuff to cook to because i noticed he has like uh, been absent for 3 months which is probably a no no yeah. in content creation but he had went on I'll, to I'll say all this how, other what's stuff what's his regular what's what's his regular posting schedule i think he was doing like a once a week kind of a thing like a lot of cooking shows are doing or whatever. So, but let me ask you, as somebody yeah. who has been doing it, like how long have you been doing it the, the three times a week? Is it 10 years now? Almost? 11. 11 years, all right. And then you did the live show, of course, uh, before that in a much longer uh, format, and I was the only person that really loved that and watched it. But I, I, I want to ask you, how hard is it to come up with stuff to cook three times per week for 11 years. I mean, to me, it seems like you would have cooked everything 75,000 times already. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, honestly, it's not easy. Um, so Max suggests things. Uh, I suggest things. Subscribers, viewers suggest things. Uh, we shot today. I came from uh, shooting. I got home. So I got home an hour ago, hour and a half ago, and uh, we we shot. Um, the hell did we shoot? We did a, a instant pot Italian beef sandwich, hmm. which is a Chicago thing. Yeah. You had it? Oh, of course, yes. So so look, you don't you don't. Uh, it's sliced beef. It's not shredded. You do it in an instant pot, it's shredded. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say one of the greatest things we've cooked all year. Absolutely oh. effing incredible. I said uh, at some point, um, fuck the French dip. The Italians have won. Because, because <laughs> the, the places in Chicago that make it, I think probably the proper way, they build this whole sandwich with the the meat and the, and the crispy roll, and they put pepperoncinis or jardinera or whatever on top, and then they take that whole thing and they dip it yeah. in that broth. Yeah. Uh, so I dipped this way, 
And I'm telling you, whether I effed it up, whether I did it wrong, I don't care. I said at some point, all that matters is it's delicious. It was effing insane. Well, how did you dip it? Meat side, like down, or whole side, like uh, long? Long Whole sandwich together in the end. Uh, Right. So damn good. I could not believe how good it was. And the other thing we made is uh, red beans and rice. Suggested, so the reason I'm saying this is suggested by a uh, by a viewer subscriber. Was that so made as like a to side to Italian beef? No, no, no. Two separate videos. Oh. We shoot two at a time. Mm. We didn't always, but we're fairly, we've gotten much more efficient after 11 years. We'd like to be ahead. And and don't forget, we're going, we're going away for a week, uh, for nine days. So we gotta, we gotta be, uh, we gotta have a bunch of shit in the can. So now at if, least three episodes. If you're a subscriber to Sam, the cooking guy, YouTube channel, you would notice for a number of weeks, Sam's giving away a seven inch Nakiri knife now until the end of the year. I mean, that's gotta be, I'm, I'm no mathematician, but that's like 648,000 knives that you're giving away before the end of the year. Little less, but very close. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the thought behind that? Just have some fun. Yeah. Really. I mean, of course, you know, you have to be a subscriber, so we we get a handful of new subscribers from that. But uh, but really, it's just it's fun. You know, the knives I think are what are they like seventy nine bucks? So they're way less for us. So it's the investment in dollars is not that much. It's a fun thing to do. We. We, we like giving stuff away. We have fun with it. We, we give away a ton of stuff at the holidays, and I don't know if we're going to do that this year. Maybe we'll do something different, but but we, we like giving. I mean, I don't know if you'd call it giving back, but we feel that we're fairly giving to our audience, and we like to do that. I'm a fairly giving person. Uh, I do as much charity. And this is not charity giving away knives, asking people to subscribe and giving away knives. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to draw an analogy between the two, but I, me personally, I do as much charity stuff as I can. I do feel that it's super important. So we, I just uh, know if you use my Instagram yesterday, had a had a uh, pizza that I did a collaboration with my favorite pizza place in San Diego that, that will start on the 19th and the proceeds from the pizza will go to this particular charity stand up for kids. It's a, it's a, uh, roast beef dip pizza. Hmm. So it's a, the crust, there's a horseradish aioli on the bottom. Then there's uh, slices of roast beef on top, then Fontina cheese, and then a combo of, fre- of sauteed Fresno peppers and, uh, sauteed onions, sauteed Fresno peppers and onions on top of that. It goes into the oven, it comes out, it gets a little fresh parsley. And then you get a side of onion gravy with it. You're actually taking your slice of pizza and dipping it in and taking a bite. Mm. And it is fucking amazing. But the money goes to charity. So that for me, that shit's fine. I like giving shit away. I like like doing things like this. So it's 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 great. It's great. Now speaking Thanks. of knives. And by the way, make sure you subscribe and you have a chance of winning a knife, of course, if everybody wants free stuff. Speaking of knives, you've recently added, and I've heard you mention it uh, a couple times here through the most recent videos, a five-inch Santoku knife to the Sam the Cooking Guy knife collection. Yeah. Our collection, I, I looked... I laid them all out uh, the other day when I was at the house, when I was, we were getting ready to shoot. I was like, Jesus. Sorry if that, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. I don't say it meaning to be, you know, he was a, a Jew apparently. But Jesus, we've got like a, a proper line of knives now. Yeah. Four inch pairing knife, five inch Santoku, seven inch Nakiri, eight inch chef's knife. Uh, uh, Slicer. Uh, the 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 uh, eight inch serrated offset serrated uh, uh, bread knife we've got the um the uh i don't know it was nine inch slice and a fork like a carving yeah, set carving set right then we've got this ten and a half inch uh, giant bastard i don't think we called it that but but that's just uh will be coming out soon and and um I love all the knives. I'm proud of the knives. I think they're great knives. And 
And yeah, I love them. But they, I don't want that to be a commercial. Let's talk about food. But, well, let me ask you one follow-up question oh, to that. There's so a point here. Did yeah, you... Was this something like you originally planned a collection of knives to mm. release or was it all like you did the seven inch santoku or the seven inch nakiri and then nakiri. all of a sudden you were like well this makes sense adding this no no let's have a knife let's, let's, let's one make a knife. knife one knife a knife my favorite knife and, the, and that was the nakiri because it's uh, it's it's like this seven inches but it's wide yeah. and i like that wide blade because you can chop with it and then scoop up and I think of it like a like a all-round utility knife. If I only had to have one knife, that would be the one. I mean, it's not tiny to do little paring knife stuff, but it's a good size. I could cut chicken with it. I could cut a grilled cheese in half with it. I could chop vegetables with it. I, I, could I uh, carve a turkey with it? Uh, certainly. I mean, it wouldn't be my perfect knife. I would want a longer knife for that, for a bigger turkey, but it would work. If you only have to have one knife, get a knife that fits in your hand that you're comfortable with. I may have said this before. I remember years ago being in a cookware store, just buttoning around in the, the aisle and the shelves and stuff, and there was a, a woman, saleswoman, selling uh, knives to, uh, to another lady. And, and the lady that was buying the knives was tiny. And the saleswoman was like, here's what you have to have. You need a paring knife and this. Then she's listing the whole thing. You have to have like a nine or 10 inch chef's knife. And I thought nine or 10 inch chef's knife. She's, the woman's hands were tiny. She's not going to use it. That was just upselling, trying to uh, increase her commission. And to me, uh, that was, that was uh, effed up. I don't like that. I go back to Miracle on 34th Street selling, right? The Santa Claus saying, uh, we don't have the toy you like, but if you go across the street to Gimbel's, they've got it, right? Yeah. And, and what did that do? It horrified the, the, the Santa's managers, but it made everybody go, Jesus, Macy's is a store with the heart. They care. Think about the customer. You put them first, you're going to be okay. You put yourself first, you're going to maybe short-term gains, and then you're going to be screwed, and you deserve to be screwed. It's not about you. It's about them. Wow. I just got on my high horse there for yeah, a second. Wow. Soapbox is in full effect. Oh, yeah. Fully supporting saying the cooking guy here. Let me ask mm. you a question about crowdfunding, if you don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. So we talk about these knives. Yeah. Perhaps somebody else would say, hey, I have a contact or I want to get into the knife market or whatever, but I don't want to invest my own money. I don't want to go out yeah. and get a commercial loan, what have you. What's the new popular thing to do? Crowdfunding. So yeah. had yeah, you guys yeah. ever thought about going the crowdfunding route to raise money no. for the knives? But you know, backers get a small discount for ponying up cash in advance. You potentially mm -hmm. have tens of thousands, if not maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in advance to get a project mm -hmm. off the ground and going. No banks, no savings accounts, no investors besides your backers. Mm. This is just something you don't want to mess with, because um, you 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 uh, have backed uh, or ordered stuff that has been you know, crowdsourced, like my uh, uh, that guy that's been on the show a couple times. Like uh, I'm still waiting for it. Ink. Yeah, are you pissed? I, I believe it's coming. No, I'm not pissed. I get how this stuff happens. I'm okay. I think if you if you uh, decide that you're going to buy a product that's being crowdfunded, crowdsourced, whatever you want to call it. Um, you're buying in at the very beginning when maybe you're just looking at an absolute prototype. Mm -hmm. So if the person says it's going to be out in August and it's not out till November, it's not out till November. If you're pissed off, you probably can get your money back. And by the way, if you're, if you're the person that's the, doing the crowdfunding and somebody gets pissed off, give them their money back. I'm sure they all do that. I'm not suggesting anybody doesn't, but I'm just saying that should be the rule. But that's what it is. Look, if that's how it works and it works for you and, and the people are okay putting their money in it, I don't have any problem with that. We haven't done that. We've been, we haven't needed to. Fortunately, we've been okay. We've had, you know, our own money. We could make these things happen. And, but, um, but I get that, you know, uh, uh, other people, maybe that's the route that makes sense. You know what? It's such a weird, it's such a different world today than it was. 
you know? Can you imagine uh, 20 back, years ago going to the general no, public and saying, hey, pay for my idea and you can have a discount no. if, if we can make it I happen? Can't, but, I think, but I think people look at this stuff now and they go, you know what? I like that. I, I appreciate what they're doing. I think that person's got a good idea. And I like the idea of being part of it. I just hope that what the, whatever whatever the incentive is, is good enough. Hmm. You know, give me two hundred dollars. The product's going to be I don't know whatever two hundred dollars. I got one right here, pepper oh, mill. Yeah. The, oh, look at you. Two hundred dollar pepper mill, or this two hundred dollar pepper mill. Black rain, pepper can. Black rain. Wait a second. Wait, 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 black rain. Where did that? I never even heard of that. Black rain. This one is uh, fully electric. It's got five different oh, pepper grind settings. No, 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 no. It's got, no, it's got no. LED I will never lights own, at the bottom. No. Did you buy it or did you get it? Well, I was sent one to evaluate. We're going to do a pepper mill challenge and, 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 in a and, what, weeks. And, what, and what about the uh, the cannon? I didn't buy it. They, they sent it to me. I, by the way, I bought my own cannon. In fact, I bought two cannons. Well, guess what? I'm no mathematician, but in my hands... I'm holding four hundred dollars yeah. worth of peppermint. Do that math. All right. Okay, but wait a second, buddy. Have yep. you uh, used it? You've used them. Yes, of course, extensively. You do you want to tell me? Do you want to tell me which one wins? No, I'm not going to tell you because I'm doing a whole segment on it coming up. We text me after. Come on, there has to, I. I have to. Have I signed some, a non-disclosure. I can't tell you. I have. <laughs> I have to have some benefit from. Uh, wait, hold on. Low battery, your Mac will soon. Uh, uh, do you have a minute and fifty-eight like, seconds? Like a, you think? Go ahead. I'm, I probably do. All right, that's probably going. Do. Hey, um, the way we've been closing out segments recently, aside from saying we've just run out of time because the game show took too long, is what should I be making for dinner tomorrow night? Shit. Uh, okay, here's something that's probably out of uh, the, 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 the heads of most people in the audience. I know it wasn't really in mine. Uh, Indian butter chicken. Uh, it's a curry-based kind of chicken. It's that time of year. The weather. It, what, what's the temperature there today? In, in the, uh, it peaked at 64. The, uh, it peaked at 64. Okay, so, maybe, so, maybe, so maybe it's not too cold yet, but... Indian butter chicken is pretty simple. It's a handful of ingredients. Uh, yes, garam masala is one of them and turmeric is one of them. So I say go go to the store that you can buy herbs in bulk. Just buy a little bit of each. But I say this all the time. Cook something. Don't make the same thing all the time. And, and I'll go further for this audience and go, look, this is a meat-loving, barbecuing, uh, smoking audience. Get out, of, get out of that. Go into the kitchen. I'm sure most of the people watching have a indoor kitchen. Yeah. There's this thing in there called a stove. Some people call it a range. There's an oven. You can do things on that that aren't outside, that don't have pellets or charcoal attached to it. Go in there, figure out how to make something. Change your shit up. It's effing delicious. Mm. It's so delicious. Or go to samthecookingguy.com. Go to Sam the Cooking Guy on YouTube. Yeah, and just put in anything you like, and and just put in salmon and and stuff with salmon will come up. Steak, shit with steak will come. No, don't do steak. No, don't. Anybody watching now? No steak. No I steak. want you to do something different. Something different. Do something vegetarian for God's. Go cook some effing tofu. Uh, you would be happy to know that the tofu. guy from the first hour that I was referencing with the YouTube channel said that in yep. his work contest he made the same the cooking guy. Uh, butter noodles, simple butter noodles. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he said he came in third place overall, but the deck is stacked against him considering who owns the company, Malcolm Reed. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like <laughs> he's got a probably got he a fair chance. I'm not saying there's shenanigans sound. going on, but <laughs> there's just shenanigans say, going yeah, on. There could Come be on. shenanigans. Who knows? There is. Listen, just do this, please. Everybody watching and listening right now, uh, something different. Not this. Just because it's Tuesday and you normally make Aunt Ruth's chicken. Change that shit up a bit. Yeah. Don't do it. Make something else. We don't grow unless we change. That's the words I'll leave you with. If you've always done uh, what you've always did, you'll always get what you've always got. That's good. Yeah. That's just, really good. You're just, good, man. Just made it up. Just did. 
I didn't really that. I didn't really. Hey, Sam the Cooking Guy is right here. You can find him on the first Tuesday in the second hour at the 1014 segment Eastern Time. Follow him on YouTube as 3.41 million of you are already doing that, quickly approaching 4 million. And we will see you in uh, November, Sam, if you can believe it. See you. Wow. Yeah, in November. All right, we'll see you then. Peace. There he is. Bye. Thanks, pal. Thecookingguy.com, his website, and make sure you're subscribed to him over on YouTube for three times the cooking videos each and every week. Released new ones Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. The most recent one was a incredibly involved hot dog. Not involved like difficult, but a lot of stuff on that glizzy. And don't make the same stuff. That's what he was saying. All right, Leonard Batello is ready to rock and roll in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces, the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Popular flavors of the rubs and seasonings include Sweet Money, Sweet Money Hot, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards. 13 perfectly balanced flavors transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also the owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody's palate, why not give Granny's a try? Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're also selling the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know which grill you need, call them. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. We are back with the truth right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank Sam, the cooking guy, for joining us last segment. Cookingguy.com, his website, and subscribe to him on YouTube. Coming out of the bullpen this evening is an award-winning barbecue restaurant tour in Houston and Brenham, Texas. His restaurant garnered third overall on the most recent Texas monthly barbecue list released earlier this year. His food widely considered to be some of the best in Texas, certainly at the top in the Houston area. But what does it take to get to this level of success? Let's head to the hotline and welcome in first-timer to the show and the pitmaster and owner of Truth Barbecue, Leonard Batello, joins us. Hey, Leonard. How's it going, Greg? I am absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you reloading in for this week as we ran into a little bit of a time zone issue a couple weeks ago, so happy to have you. So before we talk about the restaurants, the success, the growth of the business. Maybe a little background on you. Are you from a barbecue household originally? Isn't it something that you grew up around? No. I, um, my parents, I, I, when I was growing up, my parents had restaurants. And um, I always swore that I was never going to get into the industry because I saw the toll that it took on my family. And, you know, you're parents are never home or dad's never home mom's never home vice versa but they're always they're always busy you're always on the go i mean um and and my parents never wanted that lifestyle for me um so i went to school finished at texas a&m and that's really when barbecue like really started taking off and man i just went first barbecue experience i think 2014 2013 and basically the rest is is history i just got fixated on it and now here i am swore that i was never getting to get into the restaurant business and right back where i started (laughs) when you're growing up if there 
I don't want to say trying to talk you out of it, or I mean, you see what they're running up against as far as the grind is concerned. Like, do you notice as a youth that they're not happy, or are they complaining about the grind that they're going through, or is it just like a lifestyle they were hoping to get through and that you didn't have to do something that was as arduous? Yeah, I think I think it's a combination of the both. Um, I think I think everybody that works in the restaurant industry will tell you how difficult it is and how much of a toll it'll take on your body. And basically the same information that I would give out, they gave out. <laughs> so, so the same things that I preach, they definitely preach to me. And now I'm just living it firsthand. I, I'm not going to say that they weren't around. They were just on the go all the time. You know, you you know, somebody calls at the restaurant, you got to go. Uh, there's an event, you got to go. Um, which I never mind it growing up and I still don't mind it, you know, at my age now, but it's not something that you would really wish upon somebody, you know, unless you really, really love it. So you're only in the barbecue game per se, uh, going on eight years. You said you started in, uh, 28, is it 20, or 20, 2014 about 2014 is when i like got kind of fixated on it um 2015 when truth brenham opened up uh so it was a long time and a short time if that makes sense uh some people have been cooking for a lot longer and it's been in their family for generations this is not something that was really in my family or i i had not done previously so prior to opening up then were you learning your pit master skills under some, you know, grand master barbecuer. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of no. people going through the barbecue or, uh, Franklin or, you know, any number of these, you know, big ones. And then they get the knowledge they spin off and now they're opening up, you know, uh, Rempy's barbecue shop down in, you know, wherever Texas. Yeah. No, what's kind of, I guess, rare for me, um, like I was talking about in 2013, 2014, I don't know a specific date. Um, you know, everybody's talking about how barbecue is booming. You know, you see people waiting in line in the Texas heat, 110 degree heat for three hours, which still doesn't make any sense to me, but to each his own. It's a, it's a, it's a cult almost. <laughs> people love their barbecue, especially in Texas. But I went up there and I went to Austin you know, to see what all the fuss was about. I went to law barbecue and I went to Franklin's and my, basically my holy shit moment was at, at, uh, at La barbecue back when, um, John Lewis was still there and they were all just starting off, uh, John, Allie, Leanne. And, you know, you kind of have like, when you have that, like that craft style barbecue for the first time, it kind of like, like it's a, like a blast from the past. Like you start remembering all the barbecue you had growing up and you're like, well, what the hell was I eating as a child? This, if that, if this is barbecue, that was not, that was not barbecue. <laughs> and, uh, man, I just got fixated on the culture and like everybody, you know, were so, you know, proud to be out there. They wanted to talk about their stories of different barbecue restaurants they went to, different times that they cooked themselves and i basically you know got home and everybody has somebody in their family that you know cooks the best brisket or the best ribs or whatever they they'll 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 fight you over it. there's always somebody in that family anyways my um my uncle he was a welder and he was the barbecue cook of the family i would say or at least uh back then he was the one that was cooking the most <clears throat> and he had this uh offset smoker that he had welded together and to this day i man that was probably the hardest hardest pit that i've i've ever learned on because it's just it got so hot it was so small the surface area to transfer the heat was not you know like not very forgiving um and you know you you start doing it and you're reading all these cookbooks and they're telling you to you know pull at a certain temperature season with this or use this much wood or, or so, you know, you're going by the books and, um, it's, it, if you go by tit for tat for everything, it's never going to end up 
very good because they're all basically suggestions because every piece of wood is different. Every pit is different. Every cow is different. They're fed different things. Uh, and then once I started to figure that out, it was basically a game of Sudoku or Tetris. Like you're trying to put all these pieces together to get to the, the end. Um, and from then on out, it was, you know, it was one science project after another of how to get better day after day. And that's basically, it was an obsession. And to this day, I'm, I'm, it, it still doesn't get old to me. Like it's still like a, like, you know, when you pick up a, a video game that you grew up playing and it's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to give this try super Mario brothers. I'm going to see if I can beat this level. That's what basically how I feel about cooking barbecue. When do you realize, or when do you feel most comfortable saying I've, I've mastered it good enough to where now I'm going to open up a restaurant and then <laughs> what do you tell your parents when you're going to open up true? I, I think, I think I'm a little, I'm a little different and me and my wife go back and forth a lot. She's a lot more, um, calculated risk person, you know, weighing everything out. And me, I'm kind of like, Oh shit. If I fall on my face, then at least I, I knew that I did it. Um, I, I'm scared of failure, of course, but, um, if I don't know, then I'll be wondering forever. And that's kind of like, that's where that started. Leonard Patello joining us here on the show, the founder of Truth Barbecue. TruthBBQ.com is the website. You can follow him on Instagram, Truth underscore BBQ. So you get into business. Uh, you're obviously pretty good right off the bat. A lot of uh, buzz going around. And then there's that whole Texas Monthly top barbecue you know, 50 list that comes out every three or four years. And you hit top 10. Uh, in 2017 out of 50. So yeah. that's a, a pretty big accolade in a fairly short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, I think that was that was basically our goal. I really, I'm, I'm kind of the person, like, if you're going to do something, like, you know, give it your all. Like, try to, try to be the, the best or do the best that you can. And I remember having my father and I talked about this, like if you're not in the top 10, like then, then what next? <laughs> because you know, that's like, you know, you want to get first place all the time. Like that's what, that's what you want. Um, and I kind of, you know, wanted to set the standard and, and see if I could beat it. Um, and that's, you know, that's my carrot. That's my carrot that I'm chasing all the time. You know, if you, I always tell people that the barbecue that I cooked, six years ago is not the same that I'm going to cook today and probably won't be the same from six years from now just to, you know, try to make things better day over day. This seems like a ridiculous question to ask, but can making the list sometimes cause more harm than good in certain instances? Um, yes. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, you know, coming out the gate because, you know, in 2017, when we were on the list for the first time, we were not cooking at the capacity as post list. And everybody that's coming in post list is coming in to judge you based off of the list. Um, so you really got to be on your P's and Q's. And it's a lot of, I mean, it is a lot of pressure. I mean, you're I assume not that, bat uh, a that increase yeah. happens like overnight almost, right? As soon as that list is over, people want to hit that top 10 like yeah. right now. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, like I said, barbecue is like a cult. So as soon as that list drops, like everybody already has their idea for the next day of like what they're going to hit that, that day, like be it three to five barbecue restaurants. So everybody's in line the, the morning, the morning after the list. And it's kind of surreal to, to you know, to see that, like we could have been super slow two days before the list. And then next thing you know, we, we don't have enough pits to cook. That's how much, that's how much power that, that, that list has. Um, so it is, it, it can, you know, make or break you and you got to keep up with the consistency and you got to keep up with the quality. Um, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, everybody's kind of coming out there to see what you do and if you can do it again. Is that the piece of advice then you have 
for the new restaurants that really have a, a good shot at getting on that next. I mean, it just came out this year, so it's probably not going to be again for at least, what is it, a year and a half or two years to get the the latest and greatest like halfway through it and then two yeah. more years until that next top 50 comes out. But is that what they need to really focus on first is continuing the consistency and then knowing that if they land on that list, whatever capacity that they're at is probably going to be under what the demand is going to be going forward. So they're also going to need to think about scaling up at that point. Yeah. I think that probably the best advice, I mean, obviously, you know, expect for the most or expect for the, the worst and, you know, or prepare for the worst. Um, but it's always going to be busier. Like it's going to be busier after, after the, after the list. It doesn't matter if you're in the top 10 or the, or, or the top 50, but, it's kind of hard to, and for me, I drove myself, you know, bonkers crazy. Uh, you can you can ask anybody for, for each each list. Um, you get you get paranoid. You start to wonder if you made it. You didn't make it, even though you've you know busted your ass. Um, and I think the advice that I would want to hear, like if I could tell myself, like back then now. Um, cook the food that makes you and customers happy because that's ultimately what I was doing. Um, but I was getting kind of blinded by the lists and I was focusing on that versus, you know, what I'm actually passionate about. And once you start to not care about those things, it, it relaxes you and it makes you more comfortable and it makes you be more in tune with yourself that way you're not cracking under pressure um because there were so many times where i uh i mean it sounds it sounds crazy like you you get so worried that so-and-so is going to come in like oh my gosh did these briskets feel good do they feel bad i don't know until i cut into them and you just drive yourself insane it's not it's not healthy and it's not fun uh but ultimately if you're really passionate about what you do and just making you know customers happy and people happy it it, it makes it so much easier and satisfying for yourself this year as i had mentioned in the open truth takes third overall in the top 50 and maybe it's like asking somebody to pick between their favorite kid but does the first time on the list is that the most special or the higher up you go always going to be the most special like if you got number one in four years does that make it the best how do you uh, delineate between landing on the list twice now uh, for me, it was never, it was never about, I mean, it was being about being on a list, but it was, it was more so being next to the people that, you know, I wanted to be around, if that makes sense. The people that, uh, I looked up to and the people that made me want to, to do what I do. Um, it was it, the numbers are important, but you know, for me to be next to somebody like Wayne Mueller or Aaron Franklin or uh, you know Todd at Cadillac, like that, that means more to me than whatever number. Because at the end of the day, these numbers are just uh, they're numbers. Um, it's it gets down to very nitpicky stuff, and it comes down to preference. So it's who's to say that you know snows is better than franklin's or franklin's is better than snows and uh, you know what i mean it's just they're all in good company there, he oh, is. there we go hey yeah everybody's you know everybody's been doing it at that caliber it's so consistent for so long it's it it really becomes it's it's preference ultimately um go ahead oh, i was just gonna ask you one last question here before we wrap it up here this evening uh, and this Maybe it would have been a little bit more timely, uh, you know, when we were first going to go around, but I'm sure it's still on the top of everybody's mind from a consuming standpoint. And that's the cost of finished brisket. I'm seeing it all over Texas in some of the, the highest ranking places, 35, 38 bucks a pound, whatever it is, broaching towards 40, let's say. Here in Cleveland, yeah. even at uh, Michael Simon's Mabel's Barbecue, which I'm a big fan of and eat there fairly frequently it's 35 dollars a pound here in cleveland so as somebody who's living it each and every day what are we looking at here is this just a sheer the the suppliers coming to you and his cost 
is just more and so the price is going up because you need to make certain margin is it everything else that's going up uh, and, and where do you see brisket topping out at or is there no real idea i'm hoping that it already topped out during the pandemic because when we started in 2019 at the houston location we were at three about 319 320 a pound then during the peak of the pandemic we were like mid nines and now we're just dropping to you know you know 550 560 it just dropped in the past month so i'm hoping that we saw the the peak of it but i don't know i don't know if it'll actually ever get as low as it was before um man i don't i don't know because you know with gas prices and then everything all inflation you don't realize how how much how many moving parts there are to raise the cattle cattle process the cattle then transport the cattle there there's so much money involved um and it's hard for us to to dump that on the consumer on the back end because ultimately barbecue was you know it was poor man's food it was a, a bunch of cuts of meat that nobody actually wanted they were too tough to cook and there was dirt cheap so now you have craft barbecue with you know premium cuts at a high high price it's it, it gets hard to justify after a while so i'm really hoping that it has you know plateaued because barbecue is you know it's it's for everybody so you want everybody to be able to afford it it's it's you know it's america's america's food um so i'm really hoping that it's done and done <laughs> uh daniel vaughn had made a mention a couple of weeks ago when he was on that he thought that perhaps brisket over the last handful of years was actually undervalued where a restaurant might charge let's say 22 23 dollars a pound when they should have been charging uh higher 20s or maybe into 30 but they were able to make it up on a pulled pork or rack of ribs or sausage so brisket was underpriced on purpose in order to gain some of it back in some of the other profit leaders where brisket might have been a loss leader yeah 100 percent. because you kind of have to shield yourself from brisket prices and kind of make it up on the other ones just because it's it's man it's hard for me to justify spending 35 dollars a pound on brisket and it's hard for me to justify going to a steakhouse and spending you know 80 90 dollars on a, a bone-in strip steak um so you got to make up in different areas uh but man it's so hard and probably the biggest difficulty in barbecue is educating customers on how like if, if you're cooking on offsets uh how much goes into that like the price of wood i mean the brisket cooks from start to finish i mean if you're lucky it's going to be you know under 14 hours like mm -hmm. that's lucky like start to finish cooling down you know putting up and doing all the work um, a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes stuff and they know that you're no, you're cooking overnight, but they don't actually know all the work that goes into it. And that's a huge part of, of brisket. And it's, it's hard for me to justify spending $35 for a pound, but it's hard for me to justify charging $22 a pound. If that, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, yep. because there's so much work. So if beef prices were down and we could get right in the middle to where, the labor made sense and the price of beef made sense um, and the price for the customer, then we'd be in good shape. But now that we're all over the place, it, it makes it pretty difficult. But I, I think the hardest thing for me over the course of six years has been, uh, been being able to educate the customer because they have an idea of how much work goes into barbecue. But until you've actually done it, especially mm -hmm. in the Texas heat, uh, it, it, you know, it, it sounds fun, but it's it's not. It's a labor of love, and like the guys that we have at the restaurant now, like they're they're like me. I think like they have a sickness for it. Like it's hot in there, it's long hours, and you know the the. But I think you have to appreciate the instant gratification from seeing that customer through the line, like being just like ecstatic. Um, it's it's a it's a whole nother feeling. It's not a at that point, and I'm sure Daniel will tell you the same thing, barbecue is really not about making money. It's more about uh, 
you know, being around the people and seeing their, their interactions that when I told you that I, that Holy shit moment that I had at law barbecue in 2014, that was a very special time for me. (laughs) And from then on out, I wanted to be able to create that. And if you've listened to, you know, different people's, uh, interviews or podcasts that they'll, they'll tell you like, and when I was in Brenham, like I would give out pieces of, of brisket, like burn ends or, or whatever. And they would have no idea who I am just so I could see like their instant reaction. If they liked it, they didn't like it, if they loved it. Um, so I think that's a, that's a huge part in, in cooking barbecue. Leonard Patello breaking it all down for us here, and we're tying up the brisket topic as well with a nice bow from a true professional and one that knows it because he's dealing with it day to day. Truth Barbecue's website, truthbbq.com. Follow him on Instagram, truth underscore bbq. Leonard, really glad we could line this up tonight. Really appreciate the insight and continued success. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Ray. You got it. There he is, Leonard Patello from Truth Barbecue. So if you are in the Brenham or Houston area, make sure you stop through and check out what third on the Texas Monthly's Top 50 Barbecue list actually tastes like. I bet it's magic. No doubt. TruthBBQ.com, the website. All right, before we head on out this evening, I'll tell you quickly about Vortic watches. I'm wearing one right now. Back in the day, watches made to be worn in the pocket. After World War II, wristwatches came into vogue, and pocket watches quickly became an afterthought, finding their ways into sock drawers and scrap heaps, or never to be seen again. That's a tragedy. Well, enter Vortec Watch Company, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and bringing it to the present day, where you can now have a pocket watch as a wristwatch. That's right. Here's the incredible part. Each watch that Vortec makes is unique and one of a kind. So the one that I have on my wrist right now, you can't get one just like that. It's not like a lot of these other luxury watch manufacturers that it looks just like every other one. Nothing looks like this one because it's the only one. Vortec founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check out Vortec. V-O-R-T-I-C, VortecWatches.com for more information. Or you can buy one. They have a good number of inventory right now. And as Veterans Day draws closer in November, they're going to be releasing that new Veterans Day watch. So make sure that you are on the lookout for that. Those are real special. Believe me. You can go check out the website, see what they're all about. That's VortecWatches.com. Vortec watches.com we're back to wrap the show right after this stick around we'll be right back whole packers full racks legs and thighs injecting butts if you've never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today Craig Rimpy. Thanks again to Leonard Patello from Truth Barbecue. The website, once again, truthbbq.com. And follow them on Instagram, truth underscore bbq. Getting a really good insight there, especially on that brisket topic as we tie that one up and put it to bed, at least for now. So certainly appreciate the time and willingness to come back on and give it another try here as we messed up there on time zones a couple weeks ago when he was set to come on. So well worth the wait. Great info and great insight, great history. And congratulations to Leonard on all the success. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Mark Williams from Swine Life Barbecue, having a great competition season this year. Shooting to take it down to the Jack Daniels and walk away with a grand championship. Talked about the Praise the Lord event a couple weeks ago, and then he GC'd the week before that at the Goat Days Barbecue event. I tried to link up with Jess Priles, but there was some time issue mix-ups there, so we'll try once again. Apologize to the folks who tuned in for that. Second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy made it in, and we did not do the Sam, the What Is Sam Like Best game show. We actually talked about food and some new knives and 
His thoughts on crowdfunding and what you should be making for dinner tomorrow night. So stay tuned for that on podcast if you're just tuning out because you missed it. And then closing out the show was my most recent guest, Leonard Patello from Truth Barbecue. He is the founder of Truth Barbecue, currently sitting third overall on the most recent Texas Monthly's Barbecue Top 50 list. That is uh, truthbbq.com and the Instagram truth underscore bbq. Big show planned for you next week. Meathead will be here and Robert Moss will be here and then Aaron Huntelman will be here amongst others. So how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host of Proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe.